0: Hello Ambush! And welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast here with me, Colton G. And today, today I am joined by the wonderfully talented Josh Sehunta as we take you behind his latest single, Leave Summer Behind. Yes, this sultry, voiced guitar, slinging R&B sensation. He's not only just taking us behind this track, but we're also going to be jumping into the path that Josh was on before. Jumping into this musical realm before making the decision to pursue music with all of his heart. We're going to talk about his first release his first collection of songs dissonance and what has it been like growing forward from there into 2020 with his latest ep the worst year and this latest single 2020 was been a very difficult year for a lot of us so we're gonna dive into exactly why this may have been a little bit of the worst year for josh the junta and how he's been able to find positivity to continue moving forward with his artistry. We are also going to be diving into some of the singles off of The Worst Year, including Josh's track, We'll Be Alright, and its music video, which was inspired by the quarantine and shot at home. Sort of just, you know, Josh hanging out, doing his own thing. A lot of quarantine and chill if you will so we're gonna dive into the magic of that video and like i said we're also going to dive into this latest single leave summer behind the contest that inspired it and what josh has going on moving into the future all of this all of this and more on today's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast, and it is all brought to you by DesertTigerMerch.com because that's where you go to copy yourself something from the show to rep it everywhere you go. Hats and toques are almost sold out. We will be getting more soon, probably a different style. But the ones that are currently in the store at DesertTigerMerch.com, almost sold out! hurry on it if you want one okay it's just about time to jump into this interview but before before we need to get the vibe right and what better way what a better way than to play that new single this is leave summer behind
1: 2020 I say, Wasn't what I thought it ever would've looked like Woke up on the wrong side I've been in my head I guess it was a long night I wish this summer turned out different We've just been falling into habits And I want to pretend it never happened But deep in my mind a movie you cannot convince me maybe it's a bad sign you can call me crazy I'm not myself lately I wish this summer turned out different we've just been falling into You've been screwing me over inside of my mind Throwing me under, you're a little unkind Got me singing, i I, I, leave summer behind And I know, I know this doesn't ever happen Why don't we know we're moving too fast? Been on my toes, this year's gonna make me lose it Make me lose it. Ah, this summer really was a surprise. Ah, I wonder if I even should try. You've been screwing me over inside of my.
0: I am doing fantastic today and how are you my friend? I'm great thank you. I'd like to hear that. I like to hear that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So we're connecting today to talk a little bit about your musical journey and your uh, upcoming single Leave Summer Behind. Yes. So... Like I just mentioned, we're here to talk about your latest single, but I want to know a little bit about the road that leads us here, some of the other things that you've taken uh, had happened this year, all of those fun things. So I see reading in that you uh, are a self-taught multi-instrumentalist. So what exactly was your first instrument, and what can you all play? Um. Yeah, my, uh, my first instrument
2: that I learned was probably the drums. And um, by learned, I mean, I literally had a Fisher-Price little drum thing and I just banged away on it uh, when I was really young. And then I got, I kind of upgraded from that to a little toy keyboard and taught myself Disney songs um, after watching the movies a million times. And basically that led me to just kind of learning the piano growing up and then eventually uh, teaching myself the guitar to impress a girl in high school and it worked Ooh. and that was awesome and then I <laughs> um, and then I then I I learned um, the bass which is I mean pretty similar to the guitar and then I taught myself music production and now we're here so
0: yeah oh wow so uh, very multifaceted then <laughs> I guess you could say that <laughs> okay, so did you go to school for production or did you self teach yourself that
2: uh self-taught like um honestly YouTube was my was my sensei for most things. Um, I taught myself guitar from just YouTube videos and just figuring it out. couldn't really afford to take lessons, so I kind of had to find the next best thing and uh, same with music production it was just honestly um, shelling out some money for. Um, a program and a software to to do that and then basically just watching endless tutorials on how to do everything and then it was just the process of actually just doing it and learning by trial and error and then watching videos on the things that i couldn't figure out and yeah i I honestly i didn't have any formal schooling on it so kind of had to make the most of the resources that were free
0: (laughs) hey i mean sometimes professor youtube gets you pretty far Exactly. (laughs) And that's uh, that price point. That price point is pretty hard to beat. I know, right? You can't beat the free free tube. (laughs) So has the uh, journey, the passion to be a career musician always been within your heart? Or was there a moment that sort of made it click for you that this was the road that you wanted to take?
2: Yeah, I mean... Uh, it's always been something that I did for fun and that I really, really enjoyed. And um, I actually went to, I, straight out of high school, I went into university. Um, I did a degree in clinical psychology and did that for five years. I was accepted into a master's program and was kind of just ready to go all in with that. And then I, I would say it was about my third year into that degree where I just started to lose my, my passion for it. And it kind of just became something that I was just waiting to finish. And once I graduated in 2017, I kind of came to a point where I was like, you know what? I am not feeling this and I really want to give music a fair shot. Otherwise, you know, I don't want to turn, I don't want to turn 60 someday and back and, and wonder what if I did pursue music. And so I kind of talked to my parents into being on board with me taking a year off to pursue music. And basically I got a full-time job um, and did music on my off hours um, and basically just put out an album. And then that album started getting traction um, across Canada. And basically everything since that has just been a gradual increase from the year before. So I haven't really stopped and I haven't found a reason to go back into into psychology so yeah I would say that my lack
0: of passion for my undergraduate degree was kind of the the telling point for me (laughs) well it's good that you can see that sign and understand that you don't want to possibly live with the regret going forward so these songs and these singles this album that you ended up releasing were these songs that you had been crafting during your time at school or were these songs that you started crafting once you had already made the decision to sort of take this year off to focus on your music?
2: Yeah, they were songs that I was writing in my, in my process of, of being in school. Um, I was working with, uh, an incredible producer who I still work with to this day. Um, he goes by the name of Jay Dats and he and I were just friends and we would hang out and I would come up with like guitar progressions and, and melody, vocal melodies. And then I would just go over to his place and he would put a beat to it. And I actually learned a lot of what I know from him of just drum programming and, you know, doing bass lines and how 808s work and all these kinds of things. And so just that time with him, uh, just hanging out and making music was where that album came out of. And that kind of provided a launching point for me to then going on to produce my own records and kind of like understanding how, that kind of world works and so i yeah i owe a lot of that to him and just being able to hone that craft with him was really helpful
0: okay awesome so when you finally released those first few singles in that first album what did that mean to you and how did that feel
2: you know it was really nerve-wracking um i that was the first time that i had released a larger body of work and at that at that point in my life like it was really only my my friends that knew that I was really into music and that that was a passion that I had. And so it was scary to jump into the larger pool of the greater world, kind of having a, a take at what I'm capable of. And so I was nervous. I was very nervous because I kind of was like, okay, this is, I could potentially open myself up to getting roasted by the greater community. And, um, that didn't really happen. And, um, there was a lot of affirmation and, Um, a lot of support, especially from the local community here in Edmonton, and that kind of just gave me the confidence to, you know, just say to myself, like, okay, maybe I could do something with this, and maybe I could pursue this, and then once it started getting airtime across Canada on radio, that to me was really telling that that this wasn't just a, you know, a local kind of record that was only going to stay in the city and never get anywhere else, it was kind of like okay, maybe this could actually do okay elsewhere. So it was just a nice confidence booster for me.
0: Okay, awesome. So with Dissonance, you've definitely were blending genres since then. Have you always had a an eclectic um, musical taste or has that been something that has grown throughout the years?
2: Yeah, uh, I've always had a... A broad range of influences. I'm huge into the blues, um, like traditional BB King, Stevie Ray Vaughan, that kind of stuff. Um, and when I when I was learning guitar, it, it was basically John Mayer who was kind of the initial inspiration, and then he was kind of a springboard for me into all of his influences, which were the the more classic blues players. So guitar has always been a foundational element for my, for me and for my songwriting and it's usually my go-to instrument when I write a song and but R&B and pop and kind of hip hop has always been just what I've naturally gravitated towards in terms of even just listening and I kind of wanted to create this blend which I kind of call guitar and B um <laughs> where yeah where it's kind of just like very guitar driven but also uh, bringing in elements uh, that you would hear in, like, a Drake song and kind of making those two play together and and exploring, like, how I can blend those two genres and bringing in guitar solos into songs where you wouldn't really expect there to be a guitar solo, but it kind of works in a way. So that's always been my thing, and that's been great because when I perform live, it makes it way easier for me to bring in those, two genre, uh, in those two influences because I play guitar live and I do guitar solos live and um, that's always how I want to be pre- performing live. It, I've always found it very awkward to just have me in a mic and so the guitar is kind of a safety net, something to hide behind a little bit so uh, it's just always been this kind of thing that has continued into all of my music so
0: yeah. All right, now it's a very lovely blend for sure, and it continues to work, continues to garner success for you. Yeah, thank you. There was three years between Dissonance and your next EP, that being the worst year. Was that a conscience effort of just trying to release singles, or was there another reason behind that?
2: Yeah, that was honestly just trying to find my voice because when when I released dissonance I was very like naive and I was that was kind of my just starting point in the music industry and although a lot of those songs still do very accurately represent my musical direction I, I just you know I wanted to put out some singles to just test the water and what my sound was and and explore production on my own as well and the worst year honestly it, it was gonna just be a collection of of singles and I, I was really even considering doing an EP but it kind of just fell together and it kind of made sense because of the uh the quarantine and, and the COVID-19 pandemic and it was kind of just a short form of telling a story of just how this pandemic has affected um not just musicians and not just myself but just normal life in general and how normal life doesn't necessarily look so normal anymore and i just wanted to put that together in a longer um body of work to kind of tell a greater story than a single would be able to by itself
0: okay no i really like that So in February 14th, you released I'd Leave My Happy Home For You, which this was before the pandemic. So the song might kind of have a little bit of a different meaning now, but moving on from that single, how (laughs) did you, like you mentioned, the whole pandemic, it changed a lot of plans for musicians, release plans, tour plans. How did you adapt and move through that difficult time where we're still trying to figure out what's all going on.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was really tough. I I did lose a lot of opportunities. Um, I was supposed to showcase at Canadian Music Week in Toronto, and I'm working on a project right now with Warner USA, and I was supposed to go to LA and spend um, at least a month there doing writing sessions and um, recording. And uh, then I was supposed to go on a a one-and-a-half-month tour in the UK to follow up my last year's tour in the UK and all of that just in the matter of weeks kind of just fell through and became kind of obsolete. And so it would, I went through a week where I was just unsure of what to do, but at the same time, um, in a really weird way, it was kind of a good opportunity for me to reconnect with just the enjoyment of music in general and why I kind of fell in love with it in the first place. And it gave me some time to honestly just play guitar for fun for the first time in a while and not have to have this agenda of like, okay, I need to learn this. I need to learn this. I need to do this. I need to do this. But it was just kind of like, I can literally just play guitar and not have any, you know, ulterior motive for doing so. And when it came down to figuring out what to do about, money. Cause I, at the time I was also working part-time as a waiter and when the restaurant had shut down, it was kind of like, oh, okay, we now have no source of income. So it was kind of just, you know, diversifying your per- portfolio in a way and just figuring out, okay, what else am I good at? What else could I potentially make money from? And at the time all the studios in the city were, were shut down and I kind of saw that as an opportunity to potentially start doing some production for other artists. And I actually started working with this artist from LA and she hired me to do an entire album for her. And then basically once I started making it known that I was doing production for other artists, I started having more and more people reaching out to me to the point where now I'm pretty much doing that full time. And it's been sustaining me financially, which has been Incredibly helpful, but it's also super fun because I love doing production and it's really nice to wake up on my own schedule go to bed on my own schedule and plan out my day in a way that as long as I get these set amount of things done, I can just kind of go with the flow in it and that's been really great actually
0: Wow so even though this is turned into the worst year in a few ways, you have manage to take something that you've learned almost as a necessity and turn it into a very positive force moving forward almost a new career
2: definitely and it's going to be so nice once things start opening up again to have built this portfolio of production during the quarantine and then once i'm able to tour and play shows again it's just another revenue stream that i've built during this time so it's just it's going to become the gift that keeps on giving, I think.
1: Do you remember when you kissed me in the rain back in September? We were innocent then, we were more than just friends. Could we do that again? Do you remember when all the things we talked about were so much simpler? Because everything we see on TV is a little frightening. Wasn't feeling optimistic, but then I'm trying It's all over, all over my head And I don't wanna get out of bed Sometimes I wonder if we'll end up dead Is this the story of how it all ends? Oh, can you help me if I lose my mind? Can you tell me if we'll turn our fight? Cause I really wanna hear that we'll it be alright hate it. Almost told me that you love me but you hate it Overthinking all these stupid conversations Would have married you this summer if we made it? Can we still make it? So sick Of seeing everything as if it was so perfect Of chasing every single thing we ever wanted But if you did it on your own was it still worth it? Was it worth it? It's all over, all over my head And I don't wanna get out of bed Sometimes I wonder if we'll end up dead Is this the story of how it all ends? Ah, ooh, can you help me if I lose my mind? Can you tell me if we'll turn out fine? Cause I really wanna hear that we'll be alright The right way to Desert Tiger Podcast.
0: So I want to take a moment to talk about one of the tracks off of this EP, that being "We'll Be All Right." Sort of a uh, statement, sort of a question, and definitely has a uh, yeah. fun music video as well. So let's take a little bit of a dive into behind that track.
2: For sure, yeah. Um, "We'll Be All Right" was the first single that I put out to start promoting this EP, and we'll be all right was a bit of a question and a statement at the same time as it portrays itself in the song as well. The song is kind of this feeling of angst that a lot of people have had during this time where you want to be optimistic and you want to say, no, like we will be all right. Like things will get better. Things will become normal again. But then also this feeling of like doubting that statement and thinking, well, you know, this, this year keeps progressively getting more bizarre. So you know, will we be all right? Like, will this get better? Will things go to normal or is this our new normal or, and it was just kind of looking at that and then also kind of exploring it from the perspective of just general like relationship issues. It's like, how does, how does dating work in this pandemic world? And if you were having relationship issues before the pandemic and now you know, the world is supposedly ending. It's like, well, how does that affect your relationship now? So it's just kind of this, this kind of like dichotomy between like the positives and the negatives of this time and being hopeful, but also hopeless. So,
0: mm-hmm. no, it's a very good way to look at it. And definitely a lot of people maybe were using their uh, work and other things to get out of the house and maybe have learned they aren't as happy in their homes as they are, and hopefully those people have uh, moved forward with their lives as well. Definitely. Yeah. I also want to shout out the bread scene in that music video, because I thought that was freaking hilarious. (laughs) Thank you. You know what?
2: That's funny, because I didn't even know that that was a trend, like the sourdough bread trend. Apparently everyone was doing it, and, and when I was brainstorming ideas for what to include in that video, I was just thinking, like, well, what have people been doing? Like, what have people been spending their time doing during quarantine? And both my sister and my girlfriend were like, you should do sourdough bread. And I'm like, sourdough bread? What does that have to do with anything? And they're like, <laughs> everybody's been making sourdough bread. And I had to go on a, on a bit of a social media binge and, and realize that that was actually a thing. So I actually didn't know about that until, I think, two days before shooting the video. <laughs>
0: oh wow no just when you pull open the thing and you look inside the pan giant pop laughed so hard (laughs) all right so of course due to the pandemic we maybe haven't been able to play live shows or do that sort of thing but you did have the opportunity to shoot a live off the floor video recently in august what was that opportunity like for you
2: that was so refreshing. Uh, there's a studio here in uh, Edmonton called Hey You Studio, and actually um, a couple friends of mine run it, and they've started doing this thing called Live Off the Floor Sessions, and they asked us to be a part of it, and we were actually their first full band. They've, they've only had duos and solos there before, and so it was a bit of an experiment for them. But it was so nice. It was so refreshing. Like It was the first time I've performed with a band since obviously before the pandemic started and it was just so nice, even just to have band practices again, like everybody squished in my little basement, just like practicing for a show. Like it was just, it was, I hate to say it, but it was like nostalgic and it was like so well needed and it was just fun. And that whole experience was just great. And it was almost a way to kind of forget that the pandemic ever happened for a short amount of time. So well needed and i highly recommend people in edmonton or surrounding areas to check that out because they're always looking for more people so
0: mm-hmm, awesome they definitely are and they continue to host fantastic bands and the listeners of the show should go and check out live off the floor as well definitely Mm-hmm. so you're recently nominated for a 2020 western canadian music award for r&b artist of the year Of course, Breakout West has also had to shift, so I'm curious, did you take part in this year's online festivities at all?
2: Yeah, actually, and it's still going on, so um, I've been tuning in every day um, into the online sessions, and you know what, it's bittersweet because I've been to Breakout West for the past four years, and it's a highlight that I look forward to every year, and a big chunk of that is just... uh, the networking and the and the seeing old friends who you only see once a year at Breakout West and it's just a fun, it's just a really fun week where you just get to go to watch shows and and just hang out and go to bed three hours before you have to wake up. It's just like <laughs> there's no time like it and it's just really fun. So it is really unfortunate that it had to be um, redirected to just online, but. Honestly, they've handled it like champs, and uh, they've still made it incredibly valuable, and the sessions are great, and, you know, I mean, they've even been able to get people in who would have been tough to get in had this not happened, so really, it's, there's been benefits as well, but there is nothing quite like an in-person Breakout West, I must say. <laughs>
0: Yes, there's uh, nothing quite beats uh, running from one venue to the next with five minutes to catch another group. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they definitely did conquer it like champs. You also had the uh, one of your songs featured on the Netflix show, The Order, Season 2, Episode 3, Take All That I Am. What is it like to... Uh, finally hear one of your songs syndicated on a television show
2: it was surreal um especially especially a netflix show just because you know then it's netflix it's like wow that's really cool and just being able to have access to it constantly like so i've just gone i don't watch the show personally but i've went and, and watched that scene a couple of times i must admit um just because it's surreal it's it's like kind of a different feeling when you when you hear something you created in in a friend's basement on a tv show that has quite a significant fan base and that was my first experience ever having a song on a show so it was just kind of that giddy feeling of like wow like and it was really cool also just because a lot of people in my family are you know they're still a little bit like uneasy with the idea of me pursuing a career in music and so to be able to say like look I got to show a song in a Netflix show it's like everybody knows what Netflix is and so it's kind of like wow like you must actually be doing something pretty good for that to happen <laughs> so it was kind of just a little nice like so moment as well so lots of cool things
0: from that Mm -hmm. awesome so let's jump into one of the other cool things that has come out of this summer that being your cool summer song that won a competition that's releasing in october and well it's uh leaving summer behind because that's exactly what you're doing with leave (laughs) summer behind (laughs) so let's talk about how this song was born was it written for the competition or was this something you already had It was entirely written for the competition. Um, I heard about the
2: competition from a few friends, and I didn't actually know originally that it was Chorus Radio that was throwing it, um, because the station in Edmonton that was hosting it was uh, Kissin' Country, so I had thought, oh, maybe it needs to be a country song, and I'd never written a country song, but I'm a songwriter, and I was open for the challenge, and then once I did some more research, I realized, no, it's Chorus Radio, and there are many different stations representing the competition across the country of different genres and so I was like okay I feel a lot better about this now so I literally sat down one evening I I wrote the whole song in one sitting I tried to think about because literally the only criteria was that it had to be a summer song I even looked in the fine print details of the competition and there was no you know, there was no guidelines on like, what kind of summer song, what does it need to mention? Do you need to have, cause I've done competitions before where you have to literally say a specific keyword. And so I was like, is this that kind of thing? But there were no guidelines. It literally just had to be a summer song. And so I was like, you know what, this summer sucked in many ways. <laughs> and like, I'm going to write a song about that and just how this whole year has been so weird. And unlike any year that I've been alive for before. So that's kind of what I wanted to convey in the song. And I almost like, it was almost like I made fun of this summer and this year, which was why I was a little bit nervous. Like, would I even qualify since my summer song was making fun of summer. And I guess they liked it because it was, I, I mean, what I've heard again and again is that it was just really, relatable and honest and that's what i was going for and so it was really nice to be um affirmed for that by winning the competition so that was really cool
0: awesome awesome so going forward into the rest of 2020 the beginning of 2021 i mean i know obviously it's hard to predict what some of the future holds but what does that time period possibly hold for josh Sahunta?
2: Um, it's honestly a lot of what I'm doing right now. Um, just more production for other artists. Um, just trying to make most of the opportunities that come my way. I'm doing a lot of, uh, writing with artists in the UK and just, you know, trying to figure out, like, it's, it's honestly one of those things where if you would have asked me this question last week, I will have a different answer than I have this week and I'll have a different answer next week and I'll have a different answer next month. It's just rolling with the punches and and making the most of the opportunities that come my way and i mean right now for next year um all the showcases that i had lined up have been rescheduled for next year if all things go well but really like right now i'm just focusing on um uh you know just building up this production thing and i'm actually getting married in december so that's really exciting and that's something that I'm also very preoccupied with is is planning a wedding during a pandemic, which is you know always fun, but um uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just a whole lot of trial and error <laughs> right now.
0: oh wow, well, congratulations. Thank you <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm g- have one last question for you, Josh. So are you ready to uh jump into it before we say goodbye? Absolutely all right so maybe this comes with uh getting into a new marriage maybe there's other reasoning behind it because we live in a world where a lot of people seem to be screaming at each other but recently i saw you posted on social media about the importance of listening so yeah just take us a little bit into the importance of listening especially in today's day and age
2: yeah, honestly, um, it just seems like right now the climate of you know even just looking at politics and and all these conflicting viewpoints, it's just kind of like it, like you said, it kind of just seems like a screaming fest. Like everybody's just trying to shout over the other person, and there doesn't really seem like there's much room for just you know dialogue and debate and doing so in a kind and respectful way. And I think that's something that's really unfortunate about the way the world is looking lately is that there's no more room for dialogue and uh, a safe space for people to just air their concerns about certain topics and whatnot. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that we don't really listen to each other anymore. And we more just are so tight to our own viewpoints that it's like, it doesn't matter what anybody else has to say. It's just my way or the highway kind of thing. And I think that's a really dangerous way to to do life. And I think every human being, whether you like them or not, has an experience. And there's value in every experience. And I think taking time to hear each other out and just listen to the viewpoints and the, and the learning and the experience that each individual has had is just very, you know... It's just valuable in general just to develop as a person. And so, yeah, that was kind of just where that post came out of is just even just when it comes to social media, it it feels like you just always have to have an opinion on everything. And you always have to have everything figured out and know exactly where you stand with every issue that comes about. And I think sometimes it's okay not to. I think sometimes it's okay to, to say, you know what? I'm taking in information right now. I'm learning. I'm trying to do my due diligence as a human being and understand things before I talk about them. And I think that's something that's missing from the world today is people air their opinions before they really understand their opinions. So I I think it's just that's where I'm at right now is I'm just trying to listen and I'm trying to learn from the voices around me. And that way, I think I will have a bit of a better understanding on how to communicate about certain topics and Especially in today's world it's a it's there's a lot of opinions so.
0: <laughs> yes yeah, a lot of uh opinions and a lot of reaction for sure exactly yeah all right no but i love the uh i definitely love the mindset not all of us can have the exact same background or experiences but if we're willing to share them we can learn more about the human and the spiritual experiences together Absolutely. All right, Josh, I want to take this moment to thank you so much for joining us here to tell us about your musical journey, the worst year, and your new single, Leave Summer Behind. Thank you so much for
2: having me. This was super fun.
0: And I hope that you, the Ambush, had fun listening to this conversation with the talented Josh Sahunza. We played two of his tracks for you today on this episode. His brand new single, Leave Summer Behind, kicked off the show. And in the middle of this episode, you heard his track, We'll Be Alright, off of his EP, The Worst Year. You can find both of these tracks, as well as Josh Junta's entire catalog on your, yes, your favorite music streaming service whatever that happens to be and when you're there go ahead and hit follow so that when josh sahunta drops new music it's on your phone in your ears asap and with that being said it's time for the final roaring dtp thank you to josh sahunta for joining us here today a roaring dtp thank you to strut entertainment for helping with setting up this interview and last but not least a giant ttp thank you to you the loyal dedicated am bush for tuning in to this episode of the show if you're new to desert tiger joining the am is super easy all you have to do is go ahead and hit subscribe on the podcast listening service that you're using right now you can also help the show grow by giving us a five star review on that service, by sharing this episode and tagging Desert Tiger, Josh Suhunta, or me, Colton G, when you do so. And you can also head on over to DesertTigerMerch.com where you can go and cop yourself something to rep the show everywhere you go. Yeah, it is that super simple to get it done it's all fun all right next tuesday on the show we are going to be joined by Raph pylon as we talk about his latest track king's lane which happens to feature the storied tito jackson yeah That's what we're diving into next Tuesday. That's a few days away from now. So until then, you guys know what it is. You know what I want you to do. I want you to go out and find your oasis and find your mountaintop. The thing, whatever it happens to be, that makes your heart sing at its fullest capacity. At its fullest glory, you take that thing. You share it. You share your roar across the canyon, across that waterfront, because your craft—the thing that you can create—it is beautiful, just like you are deep down. And sometimes we don't hear that enough. So I'm gonna say it again: You are beautiful, and you are capable of beautiful freaking things, and until next week, bye-bye. And remember, we'll be all right.